Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Thank you, thank you. Give me a second and get set up. I'm gonna go off script just a tad bit because I wanna share what I feel like God is putting on my heart. I spoke uh, a little bit during uh, this morning as we met and recognizing the, the, the expectation that is in this house. There's a spirit of expectation and once or twice, it's kind of like, oh, it feels great for people to be so prepared and so expectant of, of what God is doing. I mean, from the time we're here before prayer to, to the worship um, and, and throughout the message and even beyond as we pray up front. Um, but there's something unique about it that I felt the Lord wants me to, to share. Um, you guys all have, have grew up in the house and had parents and, and, and had company coming over at one point. And I don't know about in your house, but in my house, if company is coming over, you got to clean up. You got to clean, clean. Now, we weren't dirty people. My, my aunt and uncle see this, who raised me. We were not dirty people. But there was a depth of cleaning that had to happen before someone came over. You got you to gotta put on a good face, put on a good show. And, it, and in actuality, it was showing who you really are, the full potential of the space that you were in, um, which couldn't be realized every single day, just kind of because of the chaos of the day and of the week, which turn into months, and then you need that spring cleaning. Um, what I feel, the spirit of the Lord in this house is doing that deep cleaning because someone's coming. And we, always, we already know who that someone is, and, and we already know that God has filled us and God is in us and he's active in us, but the Holy Spirit wants to do something special. There's a time that we're coming into as a church, and the leadership knows, and some of you guys, a lot of you guys knows that God has been putting his finger on people and things that he wants to get in order. He's doing that deep cleaning because he's preparing us for the arrival of something. There's, and I'm, I'm not one for those, somebody need to hear this kind of word. No, I would like to be very specific and very direct. And I am right now. I'm talking to every single one of us in this room. I believe God is doing something in this house and in this season. And it is not a normal thing. Guys, listen to me. I know you're like, yeah, to be expectant. Yeah, that's like, yeah, we're coming to church. That's not always the case. I've been to a lot of churches where people are just kind of chilling and hanging out. And it's just kind of routine. But every single time I step into this building, I see the expectation in your faces. I hear the expectation in the way we communicate. Even as I stand up here, I can feel that expectation. I described it like this. You know how when you get a new car, then you start to see that every single person has your same car? Like soon as you bought it, they went and bought the same car as you. But that's not what actually happened. It's just you've been made aware because now you have one. And you're familiar with it, and you're in it every day, and so now you begin to see it. And you're comparing it to yours, and it's like, oh, yeah, that one has the same rims as mine. Oh, they don't have the interior like mine, though. They don't, they don't, have, don't, don't do that. But it's the same. Like, right now, what I, what I feel in this house is there's an expectation because God has done something in you. And God is doing something in you, and it's yours, and you're owning it. And so every time you come in, it's like, what? 
where is it? Like, where is, okay, I hear that testimony. I see that testimony. Guys, while we're in that time, let's embrace it. Let's embrace it because we go through seasons as believers. We go through hard times, and I'll touch on a couple of those things. We go through different things, but while we're in this season, I, wanna, I want us to have that expectation and to be cognizant of it, to be aware and to say, yeah, there's something happening, and I'm going to be a part of it. Everything that's not like Christ, I'm getting it out of me. Everything that God is trying to deal with, like last year, 2021 was one thing. I had the COVID excuse still lingering. 2022 is 20. Listen. We don't have excuses and we don't have time. It's time to let God deal with whatever that is in you, whatever it is. Even if it's not something bad, hear me when I say this because some of you don't miss it because you're not in secret sin. Don't miss it because you're not still struggling with that thing, that, that weight that easily besets you. No, it's just that, no, I, I told you to launch. I told you to go out. I told you you're next in that place of leadership. I told you to serve in this way. I told you to give more. I told you, listen to God's voice. I've already told you, I've already put it on your heart, those things, even those places of question. God, I've been asking you all this time, where am I supposed to? How am I supposed to? Who is the one that God is saying, I'm here to answer you? I won't spend any more time on that, but know, know that that's where we are, so receive it. It is a unique thing. Know that as these pastors come up again, I've been, I've been in different places. It's, I'm, I'm speaking with the leadership here, and I'm talking to, to people daily, and it's like, man, we are serious. Like, there is something serious. God has put his finger on this place, and I'm not excluding anybody else because the Spirit of the Lord will rest wherever his name is lifted up, but he is here. You can't tell me he's not here. Amen. So let's go ahead and hop into the word. And I'm, I promise I won't have you longer than two or three hours. That's it. Because God <laughs> might move. Well. Y'all okay with that? Everybody all right? See, now your face dropped. Look, people got sad right away. God, hurry up and move. Okay, come on. So I'm tasked with speaking about joy. And um, that is something that seems so easy during this season for some people. Right? Like it's gifts galore. It is joy to the world everywhere you turn, the music stay, everything is jingle bailing and, and happy and, and, and it's, it's just everywhere. But the reality is, as we look at scripture and we look at the way God describes joy, that's, it's not just the happy feeling. It's not just the joyous time. And so I want to take a look at scripture to see not only what else joy is, but even the happiness of joy, how, how are we accessing that? What's really happening? Because a happy feeling isn't always joy. You can, you can feel happy about something that God has not provided. But joy, as a fruit of the Spirit, it's going to be a lot of those. So you're going to have to get them quick. I might not even give you time to clap on it. It's going to be some of those. So you got to just get it. Mm, just get it. Get it. Sometimes, sometimes we, have to, we have to take a step back and realize, okay, joy is a God thing. It's a, it's a gift of the Spirit. And so how am I accessing that? How am I accessing this? I want to look at a scripture. We're going to open up with Hebrews 12 and 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, when I read that, I don't know about you, but a couple words stick, stick out to me. I see, I see joy, perfecter of our faith, Enduring the cross, wait a minute. You just said joy enduring the cross, that don't, okay. Scorning the shame, yeah, that's a shameful place. And seating at the right hand, okay, wait a minute, because that ain't even happened yet. What are we doing? We, Jesus, 
endured the cross and the shame despised it, right? It sounds like we're, we're, we got a lot going on in this verse. And so to understand what joy is, I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. I want to see what he thought was joy. It's not just a happy moment where he was like dancing around at the cross. Like he wasn't excited about that. If I read my Bible correctly, like that was one moment where that was the hardest part of his ministry. Like that was that moment. I want to give you a secret right out of the gate. This may be controversial to some of you guys, but some of the hardest things you'll ever face in life are not during the times when you've gotten away from God, are not during the times when you've backslid or, or, or you're being lazy or you're not pursuing God. Some of the hardest, most difficult times in your faith walk will be for God. It will be what you are doing in obedience to God. That's that's when it hurts. That's when it's hard. Because the hardest thing that we have to do to, as believers is die. We have to die to ourselves. If you do not take up your cross and deny yourself and, 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 and come after me, you cannot be my disciple. That was the words of Christ. He's saying, listen, you got you to gotta die. You got to put on what I put. You got to take my, my sacrifice. The world's going to look at you like you're crazy. And so when we fix our eyes on Jesus, I want to I wanna take a look at that scripture just even more because it denotes something. When Pastor Ruben was standing on stage, he said, hey, we're going to focus in on God. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. There's no one else. See, when you say fix your eyes on Jesus, that denotes that there is no one else that you're looking at. So if we're looking for the understanding of joy, we have to set our eyes on the one who fulfilled everything that we have to do perfectly. How did Jesus experience joy? How did he access joy? And so as I'm, as I'm looking at the word of God and I'm saying, fix my eyes on Jesus, okay, that's not in the moment. That should be a, a, a lifestyle. That should be a way that I live and that I deny myself other things. I don't set my eyes on other things, but I continually set my eyes on Jesus. So I can have that deeper knowledge and deeper understanding, not of a happy moment. Right here is not describing a happy moment. It's describing a mindset. It's describing an understanding that God knows the end. It says that who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Not for the happy moment he was about to have. It was for understanding fully, I'm about to go through this for this. My father showed me that I need to pull on knowing what he's already told me in order for me to endure what I'm enduring. And so that's how we access joy in a moment of unhappiness, in a moment of doubt, in a place of hurt or lack or depression or stress. We need to pull on, I know what my father said. I know what God told me. And in order to pull on that, we have to know that. We have to know what God said. Church, again, this, this is a cheat code. We don't, we don't know what God said if we don't read our scripture. We don't know what God said if we don't meditate on the word of God. We cannot have joy without meditating on the things of God. We cannot, you cannot pull on true joy if you're not aware of the promises of God. I'll go one step further. You can't know it if you, it, it, it's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to live out of it. You can know exactly where the place is, but if 
But if you're not there, what does it matter? So we're looking away, we're looking for that depth of what, of what God has said and, and, and understanding what God has said. I wanna, I wanna go to another scripture because I wanna tell you what joy is not. What joy is not, because we, we know now that there's some depth to this thing we wanna experience. There's some depth to what's gonna get us to the next place, but we gotta know what we're not doing. James 1, 2, and 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish his work in you that, so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Again, so we see in Scripture over and over again as believers are put through trials and put through tests and hard things in order that they faith, faith may be built up, in order that they may be made perfect, that they may mature. And so as we are experiencing our life in Christ, we should expect those things. So joy is not the absence of trial. The kingdom is kind of upside down. In fact, you don't even know what joy is until you go through something. You are expecting to go through something. You should be desiring to go through something with God. Don't nobody want to clap on that. I understand. I get it. I get it. Because guess what? Y'all going through anyway. You're going through anyway. You're going through things anyway. You, but, but yeah, we agonize, right? You got the, I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but you know you got your Christmas. How you doing, brother? Well, you know, God is good, but my back and my leg and my dog and my uncle. Okay, brother, don't like, all right, all right, I get it. You pray for me, because have you prayed for yourself? Have you accessed the gift that God has given? Not saying we won't go through. Going, going, going through is gonna happen. It is not the turn that file upside down Christianity, right? It's not that, hey, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored. So everything is great. It's good. God is good. Now, it may be like that sometimes, but it's not always like that. And I envy those Christians sometimes. They might cry in the car. I don't know, but y'all always happy. <laughs> you always excited. This is good. It's great. So, okay. We're not looking for the extremes. We're looking for that balance. God is not asking us to fake it until we make it. Actually, read that. Consider it pure joy when you face various trials. That doesn't mean you're going to walk up in a trial like, yeah, man, hey, you wouldn't believe this week at work. Almost got fired. Look at God. Like, no, no, no. We can, we can be honest. We can be honest. Paul is sitting in prison. And he's saying, like, even though I'm in prison, even though this situation is not good, I'm not happy, I don't want to be here. Nevertheless, I'm filled with joy. Why? Because I know what God has said. I know why I'm here. Know why you are where you are. See, all of it, my uncle told me this. This was early on in my walk as I got saved, when I got saved. He's, he, I wasn't raised as a believer, and my uncle raised me. Um, anybody that's in my family will tell you they're a Christian, but I didn't know what a Christian was until after I got saved. That's a different point. This is on video. I'm sorry. It was y'all, not me. You did it. Um, but he told me, he said, man, it's good that you, that you saved and that you're living from, for God, man. I, and I just see a difference about you. But really, the only difference between you and me is that like, you just feel different about what you go through because you go through stuff just like I do. And as a, early in my faith, I'm like, something don't sound right about that. The only difference, he meant it, right? He thought he was saying a good thing. Like, man, it's great, but, you know, it's really the only difference is the way you feel about it. 
Like you just are still happy while you're going through the same stuff I go through. Because at the time I was kind of broke and still living where he lived and, and he hadn't seen much of a, of a difference in, in, in the outward appearance of who I was. He, he saw the difference of, of what was inside of me. He just thought it was how I felt. And I said, see, that's why it's important. In order for me to have joy being where, essentially where a non-believer was, what's the difference? Oh, joy. I, I know the promise of God. I know that um, God chastens those who he loves. I know many are the afflictions of the righteous. I fall in that category. I also know the word says that some have been turned over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Ooh, that's a different type of pain. This over here ain't that over here. We might both be hurting, but are you Job or are you Pharaoh? You need to know what God said and where you are and what God is saying to you. Just because we're both hurting, just because we're both afraid, just because we're both in prison, no matter our situation, the, the only thing that separates us is not how I feel about it. It is the truth. It is the joy that I can embrace and hold on to knowing I know why I'm here. I know why I'm here. Because it can get rough. Jesus said, even if, if it be possible, Lord, remove this cup. This I don't, ooh. What? The way to the world, if it be possible. And quickly, right, read it. Nevertheless, nevertheless, your will and not my will. Nevertheless, I don't want it. I don't want to be here. This is not fun. This is not good. But that, you know that don't matter, God. Nevertheless. Again, God is not calling us to pretend like it's okay. He's not telling us to just act like everything is fine, but he's always demanding that we know what he said, live in what he said, and communicate what he said. There's a way to say, man, how, I think I said this early, how was your week? Man, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible, right, John Mark? I'm like, how was your week? Oh, no, atrocious, ridiculous, crazy. I knew I was preaching about joy because the devil tried to make sure I had none the entire week. So what he does is what he does. I'm, I, you cannot make this up. As I'm sitting there preparing to come up and preach from my tablet so I won't look like a novice preacher from my phone. Um, or you got to have something big. Look holier. <laughs> As I'm coming up, I try to, now my phone and my tablet are connected. The note won't transfer over, like the notes that I wrote. Oh, okay. All right, I can't have my notes on my big screen. So I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to just share it. I'm going I'm to airdrop it. It won't airdrop. Okay, this is probably just messed up. I'm going to email it to myself. Email won't show up. I get an email back to say that email doesn't exist. <laughs> it existed this morning. Like how? It just don't exist. And I started laughing. And my wife was like, why are you sitting there laughing? Because I'm like, the devil's a goofy. <laughs> it's like, it's small stuff. And you can say I'm being too deep. I don't care. I know what I, I, know what I got going on. Like, Satan, do you know that I actually have this in me? that the, the drama you caused this week put it in me, I could preach without my notes. I don't need it. I don't, I don't. So like, stop, like, just stop, like, huh, <laughs> please. But it's funny. And guys, sometimes we have to, we have to take it in that way. I can take that moment and get a, oh, y'all, cause the devil tried to shut down my notes. And, and you know, and, that, and it's deep and it's good. Listen, listen, I'm excited. T pick on me if you want to. You got the right one today. 
You got the right one today because I know what God has said. I know I needed to not be focused on how angry or how frustrated I can be in that moment where I got to get up and I got to share and I can be embarrassed if I don't remember. No, God had a word for me in that moment. He wanted me to remind his church that in this time, he is imparting something. He wanted to use me in that process of impartation and I didn't have the time to be sitting there angry at the devil or mad at my tablet. And guess what? I figured it out anyway. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, he, because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We, are, we each have our own cross. Jesus tells us to take up our cross, whether your cross is relationships, whether your cross is doubt, not knowing what God has called you to, having a propensity towards things, alcoholism, drug addictions, sexual addictions, anything. Whatever your cross is, is your cross, and you are not being tempted with anything that Jesus hasn't conquered that Jesus took to the cross with him. If you don't know that scripture, if you only hear it every now and then, you, oh yeah, that's right. No, you gotta live out of that. Because when you're faced with something, you gotta be able to say, oh no, Jesus beat you already. Jesus crushed you already. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts right now. And you, you got one. That was, that was a good one, Satan. That was a good one. That was a good one. But Jesus beat you already. I'm, I'm fighting a fixed fight. I want to combat something, and I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I want to combat something really quick because we can say it, and it sounds easy, but now the practical pieces of allowing it into our hearts every single day. The scripture, Philippians 4, 8 and 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever is noble, whatever things are just, whatever is pure, lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is anything of virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think about that list and think about what daily enter into, enters into our hearts, into our minds. Pure, just, righteous, holy, praiseworthy. It's not there. I'm not saying don't go watch the daily news. You need to know in Chicago if you need an umbrella, a ski mask, a bat, whatever. You, you, <laughs> it's real here in Chicago. You don't know what you need to survive. Watch the news, watch it. But it's what we meditate on, the conversations at work. You know, you seen Kathy today? Yeah, she got an attitude again. Taking an extra 15 at lunch, I'm sneak out. Whatever we meditate on, what we're filling ourselves up with every single day, that is fixing your eyes on Jesus because all of these things are attributes of God. All of these things are attributes of the kingdom. All of these things are reminders of who we are in Christ and what has been promised to us in Christ. Fixing our eyes on Jesus is also understanding, the knowing the promises by name. If you're sick, you need to know where God promised healing. What did he say? Who was he talking to? Why did he need to say it to them at the time he said it? If you're lacking, why am I lacking? Where did God say that I would be provided for? Don't just tell me five loaves and two fish. Why? How? When was that? How did that work out? Well, how did they even have the five loaves and two fish? Because they were expecting to eat and knew they didn't have enough. What was the plan? We need to know the, the intricate detail. That's why the Bible tells us to study, to study the Word of God. 
And I know I'm beating, I'm, I'm beating the, the same drum you've heard. You got to read your Bible. You got to pray all day. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And you got to go be around people who do the same thing. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. Like that. You have, that's why you come, you don't come to church to check it off the list. You don't come to church to just make sure you're in the building. You don't just come just to, to receive the word. You come because you know you're surrounded by the testimony of saints. At any moment, someone can touch you. Earlier, I was sitting there and someone gave me a word. Someone gave me a word that literally coincided with what God put in my message because uh, uh, he gave me a word that said, God, God said my family and I was special ops, secret service. What was it? Special forces. And I, you can't make this up. I was, I was in the bed preparing my messages, just laying there, and God kept giving me a phrase. He said, weaponize your faith. Weaponize your faith. You got to deploy your faith. And I started thinking about my days in the army, and I'm like, man, that's funny that God has given me these words, and I hope they connect. I hope they connect because weaponize right now, you know, somebody will cancel you. You know, he's weaponizing. <laughs> he's weaponizing. Relax. But I thought about that earlier, and it, and it, it harkened back to that, that in me. There, there's, a, there's a warrior in me. There's a fighter that's in me that, that I carry with me. And, and God said, weaponize your faith. And that's my next point. So as, as special ops, I think we all are. I think we all have a special operation and a special assignment. And especially in this house and in this church, we have a, an assignment upon us. See, we can't sit back and wait until the song drops faith in our spirit or wait for the Holy Spirit to encourage in us that faith just build us up and, oh, I just got, I got joy now. I'm, I'm just happy, Holy Spirit. No, we need to go into our bag and choose faith. Like, you said what? You gonna cut my tablet off? Joy. Joy, watch this. I'm gonna think of everything God done done for me. I'm gonna think of every reason to be excited about the next moment of my life. Stop playing with me, Satan. Sometimes you just got to stop playing with me. This is not a game. I'm going to weaponize. I'm going to weaponize my faith. I'm going to weaponize my joy. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to put some joy on that. If I, if I encounter someone that has a situation, sometimes it's easy for someone to come to you and they tell you the most devastating thing you can possibly think of. Listen, I use a lot of analogies. Don't get tired of me. I had a student on Friday. He came to me and he was being picked on. He was being picked on and of course I said, listen, whoever's picking on you, we're gonna shut it down. We don't play that. We don't play the picked on. I get you upset and I mean, he was fuming. He was like about to rage out, fuming, upset. And I've dealt with him before and he like took a swing on the teacher before. So like he's pretty volatile. And I felt the leading of the Lord to get close to him. He was right sitting right there and I got right in his face. Like now, this is Mr. Landrum now. Don't swing on me. <laughs> Don't do it. Because I'm going to have to dig real deep and weaponize <laughs> joy. <laughs> or weaponize joy, self. <laughs> but I had, to, I had to grab him and I pulled him. And I, and I had to speak to him in his, in his place of despair, despair. And he's so uncomfortable and so worked up. And I said, listen, man, that's not right. And you know, you know my reputation. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna allow that. You're good, you're safe, it's okay. And think about it as you minister to people. Now this was the hard part I had to say. Now, now also, that's not the response. We can't have that response. You're bigger than that. You know God, you know you're safe in this space. And in fact, I saw you playing around earlier 
and taking hits and pushing and pulling. I've asked you not to do that before, right? I'm correcting now. Like you sitting there broken and right. I'm just supposed to cry with them, right? No, no, see, I've asked you not to do that before. I think that opens the door. Disobedience opens the door for things like that to happen. I need you to correct that, okay? And, and reluctantly and almost surprised, he's like, dang, you, they gonna check me and I'm the one saying, I'm being picked on. We feel the same way. My daughter's laughing because I do it all the time, all the time. I'm sorry, Lane, it just is what it is. Sorry, not sorry. But the reality is this, like sometimes, you know, we want to sit and have a pity party for ourselves. We want to talk about how we fall and we, we more, we condemn ourselves more than anybody else. We want to sit back and drink because we drink too much. <laughs> you sad over the situation, you, you sad because you keep falling with the same person so you want to go talk to them about it. That was somebody's right there. That was one of those, I don't know who this four words. You're thinking, God, well, you know what, God? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, and everything works together for the good. No, finish the verse. All things work together for the good, those who love the Lord. If you're in a situation that God has not put you in and is not presiding over and can't put his spirit in, then don't think it's going to work together for the good. You might get some grace, but go and try to lean on that if you want to. You might have, you might have a way where God will come pick you up in spite of but no, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So you better be loving them and be called. Don't be in a situation you're not called. There's no joy in situations you're not called in. I'm talking now. I'm talking a little bit. I preach a little bit. Don't be in a situation you're not called to. I had a conversation with a friend just recently. Hey, what do you think about doing this? Man, I, I might make this decision. And this is hard, and I know it's going to be hard, but I know with God, yeah, absolutely, with God, all things are possible. But be where you're supposed to be. Fight the battle you're supposed to be fighting. Do not jump in anybody else's business in God. Don't do it. Sometimes when people ask you to pray for them, ju just pray for them. If you don't have... If you don't have a word, if you don't have the capacity, just pray. No, I'm praying for you. I'm with you. So we need to know the promises of God. Again, I want to hearken back to that verse, Hebrews 12 and 2. I just want to look at that one last time because I believe it will speak to us over and over. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That says a lot. That, that was an entire message in itself. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the one who's done it, the one who shows you how to do it perfectly and the one who died so he could help you do it. Who for the joy set before him. Grab a hold of the joy that God has set him before you. What joy has God set before you? Not what happy moment, what joy? What's the calling? What's the end game? We have a collective one. We know it collectively. We know what God has called us to. We know he called us to be preachers. We know he called us to be ministers, to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. But what specifically has God called you to? Not even just long-term for the holidays. When you get around your family, what's the mission? The mission may be rest and let God pour into you. The mission may be, no, you need to speak to your family. That family feud that's been going on, you're the one that's supposed to speak into it. Or you're the one that's supposed to pray about it and not speak to it because I didn't, I didn't assign you to speak to it. I assigned you to pray for it. Know what God has called you to do. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Go through it. Go through it. Expect it 
and go through it. Fight. Weaponize that joy. No, I know, I know what's going on here. I don't know how long it's going to go, but I know what's going on here. And the whole time despising the shame. Be honest. I don't, this is not fun. I'm not, I'm not making fun of people say, brother, I need, I need you to pray for me. I did it last week. I came up, Pastor Josh, you preached a good word now. I need you to give me some of that word. Just pray it, pray it, hurry up. I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm dramatic. I'm not okay. I'm falling. <laughs> he sat down at the right hand of God. Guys, we serve a God, and I want to pray. I want to begin to, I want to pray for us because I believe this work can work itself, work itself through us and produce what it's supposed to produce in us. But we serve a God, my wife was saying as we were sitting there like, you know this is not new, right? I'm like, what? This is not new, what? She's like, no, we're, we're praying to the same God that they pray to. We're worshiping the same God. Like when he said was and is and is to come, like guys, we are literally stepping into, stepping into something for thousands of years that has been going. There's only two things that could be happening. We're either stark raving mad with the same crazy from 2,000 years ago, or God is God. It's way more possible that God is God. I don't even know they're crazy. I don't know the, the, uh, the saints of old, the, the believers that have had, we don't know their times were different. The situations were different. The, everything was completely opposite, but yet this same word is completely applicable to free us. It has the same power. And so I don't think we're crazy. I think he's God. I want to ask that you stand and we're going to pray. We're going to pray that the joy that has been set before us is fully revealed in our hearts, that we may endure what we need to endure in order to access the promise that God has made to us. Lord, we just thank you. God, we first and foremost, we give you honor. We give you praise, Lord. You alone are worthy. There is none like you. Lord, we know that this is a that that you are the one who began a work and you are faithful to complete it. Not only from the beginning of time until now, but Lord God, in our very lives, in our individual lives, Lord, you died for us. You took on our sin, Lord God, and you promised us beauty for ashes. Right now, Lord God, we align ourselves with that truth regardless of where we are and what we are facing and what we're going through. Lord God, for the questions that we have, what we don't know, for the fears that are in our hearts, the anxieties, the things that stress us, regardless of those things, Lord, we align our hearts now. We ask you, Holy Spirit, align us with the promise of God. Give our minds clarity. Give us understanding. Lord God, allow us to fix our eyes on you. With all the distractions of this world, and all the things that want to pull us uh, out of position from focusing on you, Lord God, we ask now, Lord, that you give us clear minds. Lord God, you give us, give us clear access, set our path straight toward you. Lord, we thank you for your blessing for everyone in this house, Lord God, everyone watching. Lord God, for everyone listening who will listen to this later. Lord God, we thank you for the victory. We come against every lie spoken, 
every false word, every word of misdirection, every demonic interference, Lord God, every curse that has been placed against them, we come against it now in the name of Jesus. You said where your name would be lifted up, Lord God, you would draw all men unto you. Lord, we don't even focus in on the, on the distraction of the enemy, but Lord God, we see clearly now the purpose of God for each of our lives. We see now you drawing us closer. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask for you to complete your work and place a hedge of protection around each and every one of us. Lord, your word says that Satan comes immediately to steal the word that was sown. So we call it out even now for those beginning to doubt, those beginning to lack, even those who are beginning to experience pain in the same place, Lord God, whether it be emotionally or even physically. We call it out right now in the name of Jesus and we ask for the blood of Jesus to touch, to fall, for the presence of God to fall. Lord God, let your work be completed. You will not send it out and allow it to fall void. But Lord God, you will complete it and we thank you. God, we give you honor and we praise your name. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen.